0: Hey you guys, what's going on? Welcome to The Camera Adds 10 Pounds. That's right, what's up? I'm Peter Sears, your host. What's up? Uh, before we start, as always, this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Performa.com. That's right, Performa. They have all of your fitness accessory needs. If you're a fitness lover like me, or you know a fitness lover like me, they've got wrist wraps, wrist straps. They've got the best workout towels. They've got shaker cups of all sorts of varieties, sizes even, pill containers, meal prep containers, meal prep bags. They even have workout clothes. And and if you have a company or a business and you want to get some cool fitness swag for your you know customers or employees or whoever with your logo on it, they could personalize stuff for you. How would you like to have a shaker cup with your company logo on it? What? Yeah. I got that do yourselves a favor go to performer.com answer the promo code 10 pounds that's the word 10 the word pounds save 15% off of your order tell them I sent you and as also as always this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at bucked up supplements I can't tell you how much uh, how many supplements of bucked up I used. Um, if you have any questions. I can help you out or you could e- send them an email. They can help you out. Um, I take all kinds of stuff. And it, this is actually interesting because I don't know what you guys know. I mean, I, I started – this is just – this is. there's not a, like a, a straight ad read. This is just me talking about the product. But um, when I started with Bucked Up, I was introduced to them because of their pre-workout. Which is great, like there's no sugar, which a lot of pre-workouts have sugar and whatever, but it tastes good, it mixes well, they have so many different flavors, Um, but um, as you know or may not know, know, your body develops a a tolerance to caffeine, and a lot of people what ends up happening is their pre-workout starts to become ineffective over time. And then what ends up happening is they take more pre-workout and they put more caffeine into their system and it's not good. Like you shouldn't have so much caffeine. You know, so what Bucked Up does, they make a caffeine-free version of the pre-workout so that you could cycle off of the caffeine for a few weeks. And then... After you do that for, you know, a couple weeks, two or three weeks, give or take, then you can go back on the normal pre-workout with the caffeine and you will feel the same effects. But the great part is, is the non-caffeine pre-workout, you know, sometimes, you know, I might, even though I hate it, I might have to work out, you know, after, and this is going to become the longest fucking ad read ever. But, you know, sometimes because of my schedule, like today, for example, I had shit going on today, auditions and stuff, so I had to work out. I didn't get to work out until like 3 o'clock. And if you take, you know, 200 or 300 milligrams of caffeine after 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock, you might be up all night. And I got to go to bed early because I got to be up early. So the non caffeine version of the pre workout works just as good. And you could pair it up with some of their other supplements. And I don't know. I love it, dude. So anyway, do yourselves a favor. That was the longest ad read ever. Go to buckdup.com, enter the promo code 10 pounds, the number 10 and the word pounds and you will save 20% off your order. Tell them I set you too. All right, we're gonna get this kicked off with my girl, my celebrity crush, my number one, Cassidy Pope. Check it out. You know me. You a that I dodged, that I never what? Caught, a down. What? I could see what? now. With words is till eventually. this song is about litters, came on somebody that gets their heart broken. Hear but. Also about how post the breakup. Yep. Down you, you. So basically to saying. No I didn't just survive, but without you, now I thrive. That's right. I thrive, thrive. It's been almost, uh, I don't know, it's been about three years or so since I got to meet lovely Cassidy Pope. I don't know if you guys have heard that story on here before, but, so she's like my number one celebrity crush. I, I love her. I I think she's, you know, she has an amazing voice. She actually, she actually won the voice like season, I don't know, four or five or something. She, she seriously, no pun intended, but she has the most amazing voice. And I actually got introduced to her because, um, I don't know if I've told this story on here. I like telling you guys stories. You know, some of you guys I feel like uh, enjoy the solo podcast more so than you like me interviewing people. And that's great because there's no guest this week. It's just me again because my crazy has been my my, I I said my crazy has been my schedule has been crazy. I. um, So, yeah, I don't think I've told this story before. So I'll just and I'll talk about Cassidy Pope for a second. Um, But so this is about this is about four or five years ago maybe um, give or take I want to say maybe even six to be honest no yeah I mean maybe five or six years ago okay um, actually when was Ben Scully's last season was that 2016 because I'm pretty sure that was the year uh, it was you know it was uh a summer so as you know i mean uh oh just really quick um i'm still single i'm still broken up so i'm not going to dwell on that i mean i might talk about it a little bit but especially with anyway uh (laughs) i uh you know ashton and i had just moved in together and it was just like all this stuff happened like i was just uh, I, i was struggling financially i mean I kind of always am but whatever (laughs) it's a grind dude but um, I was really struggling this particular summer like a couple clients had left and you know I was still kind of like I was on the road a little bit but not making a ton of money going on the road I was like you know taking those MC jobs that I've talked about where I'm making shit and losing money on the gigs and whatnot as a matter of fact um, that was the summer that I started working at the comedy clubs in Oklahoma City, and you know those comedy clubs were paying—I don't care—for um, for the MC. You know, I was getting paid like 200 bucks a weekend. So think about it. I'm li- literally to get from LA to these gigs. I'm losing money, but you know, at the same time, you know, Ashton was in Oklahoma, so I'm like, okay, well, I'll get, i I'll still get to do shows, and I'll still get to work on my stand-up, and I'll get paid a little bit of money, and then I can hang out with her on the farm, and all is great, right? So, um, but I remember, uh, her even telling me like, you know, maybe you should cancel these gigs cause you know, you can't really afford to go on these gigs. And in my mind, I'm like, I can't cancel, you know, and I told her, you know, I can't cancel these gigs because, um, I, this is, this is my investment in myself. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I have to take these shit gigs today because they're going to you know translate and you know lead into real you know or better paying gigs you know you start at the mc then you get moved up to feature then you get moved up to headline it's just your it's an investment in yourself it's a you know five to ten year investment in yourself you know but it pays dividends over the course of you know those you know next five to ten years to the fifteen to the twenty whatever like depending on how long i do comedy you know i don't know when my timeline is but you know you got guys like you know Rogan and Chappelle and Chris Rock that have been doing comedy over 30 years you know I'm only 10 years in you know Seinfeld I think is approaching 40 years I think or maybe even 50 like you can do it. it's not like it's physically demanding other than the travel and whatnot but anyway so my point is <laughs> this was a summer where I was struggling and so what I was doing a lot was uh feel like I've talked about this, but I'm sorry if I haven't, or if I haven't, you know, maybe you haven't listened to that episode, because I honestly don't know which one it is, but, uh, you know, there are a lot of television shows here in LA where um, they'll pay you just to be in the audience, because, you know, when they're, when they're showing this show on television, they can't very well have, let me turn this up a little bit, Um, if you're watching a show on television, and there's an audience, like, they can't have a show with no audience, obviously, you know. So they will pay people to be in the audience so that they have an actual audience, right? Makes sense. And uh, so there was a lot of shows that I would just go, you know, and you make like, you know, 60 bucks a day. Some some of them pay more. Some like 70, 75. And you're there for a few hours. Some are longer than others. You know, sometimes you get like an eight-hour show and that might be, you know, 100 bucks or so. And, you know, if you're struggling, 100 bucks times a couple, you know, days a week, and you know, that shit adds up, man, you know? So, there was this one show, this is the show Lip Sync Battle, and they paid pretty well. I really liked, I want to say it was like at least 80 bucks every time you went, and sometimes they would film two shows, so you could literally make like 150 bucks or so um, if you stayed for the whole day. It just sucked because it would be a long day, you know, but, so anyway, I, I I was there for quite a few of those, and, you know, it was fine. It was, it wasn't a blast, you know, but it wasn't awful, you know, it was a fun show to watch film, and the the crew was always really nice and sometimes you got to meet like you know we got to meet um what's her name christy tegan she was one of the hosts of the show ll was on the show but one of the tapings i went to uh Cassidy pope was one of the uh, contestants and i knew she i didn't know who she was but i just thought she was super hot <laughs> And I remember going back and telling and, you know, she was just she also seemed just super down to earth when she was being interviewed and like behind the scenes when they weren't shooting. Like I remember. uh, So Chrissy Teigen was on the show. So John Legend would be on the show or he wouldn't be on the show, but he would pop in a lot when we were there. I, I must have gone to like 10 of those, you know, over that summer. And uh, John Legend would pop in, and people would go crazy. And he sometimes he would sing a song, or you know, LL would like rap every once in a while. And so, yeah, like I said, it wasn't awful. Uh, but I remember Cassidy Pope just seeming really down to earth and whatever, because uh, uh, John Legend came unannounced, and she just like she was star- sh- like kind of starstruck by him. And you know, you you don't think about you know you think you know I don't consider my I'm like I'm nowhere near a celebrity, obviously, but I'm also like not just a normal person. Like I have obviously like famous friends and I've met and hung out with famous people and been to famous people. So it's like I'm kind of in the middle of being like a regular person and, you know, a name, right, and a celebrity. And so it was cool for me. And, and, you know, I'm not really one that gets starstruck because I see famous people all the time and, you know, like I said, interact with them and all that stuff, been on shows with them, you know, but, you know, it was interesting to see her get starstruck because you don't think about celebrities getting starstruck because you figure everyone knows each other. But, you know, a lot of them don't. They're just, you know, there's no way that it's not like everybody that's famous knows each other, especially now, you know, because, there's so many different ways to get famous now like in the old days like you had like your famous actors, your singers and I guess athletes and maybe that was kind of it. But now it's just like you can get famous for so many things. There's there's models and there's co- obviously comedians and actors and dancers and then you have influencers and chefs and fuck, you know what I mean? And housewives and there's just there's just so many different types of people that can become famous. So it was just I could tell that she was very down to earth and she was very pretty. You know, like I said, she's, she's gorgeous. And, uh, so I remember going back home or no, Ashton was in Oklahoma. So I was like, Hey, like, do you know who Cassidy Pope is? And she was like, Oh yeah, like I love her and whatever she, she was on the voice. And I'm like, well, she was on the show today and she's so super hot and da, 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 And then, so then I, uh, I kind of like started listening to her music a little bit. And then ironically, a few months later, um, you know, I, I told Ashton, I think I got her tickets actually. Um, For her birthday But it was like a country concert It was going to be like It was one of the artists that she liked I'm trying to remember who it was uh, Cassidy Pope was one of the main people But uh, Oh um, Fuck Chase Rice And I knew that Ashton liked him He was like one of the headliners But Cassidy Pope was going to be there And I'm like okay So it was like my first country concert It was uh, <sighs> Something boots festival it was down in like San Clemente but you know so we went and I saw her perform and again like she had an amazing voice and so she kind of just became like my number one crush after that and then a couple years later we ended up seeing her in concert again um in LA and I got to meet her and I don't know if I told you guys that story but whatever so a big fan and you know she she got she won the voice so she kind of got famous and Blake Shelton turned her into a country singer on the show because he felt like he could work with her voice And you know she's from the south She's from Florida and whatever But she kind of became like a country singer But now she's kind of She used to be like in a punk rock band Ironically like an emo punk band called Hey Monday um, And I don't really I'm not really familiar with their work So I didn't know her back then um, But now she's kind of transitioning back Into like more like They're calling it uh, y'all alternative which is like kind of like a blend of like so like in her new album um which is uh called Thrive I believe right um is that what the album's called I'm pretty sure it's called Thrive yeah and the and then the song is also called the, th- the song I just played for you guys is called Thrive but she's trying to you know kind of go with her country you know ability but also kind of going back to her kind of punk rock and rock roots um, to an extent. So it's this kind of new blend of music because, you know, country is becoming more and more mainstream nowadays anyway. Um, so yeah, so that song, so it's basically the song is about this girl who is in a relationship where maybe she can't, you know, the guy keeps her down or whatever and she obviously breaks her heart but now that they've broken up, she mm-hmm. realizes like that she's growing and she's thriving and she now she wants to thank him for all the bullshit she did because she's thriving. So, um I don't really fall into that category cuz my relationship didn't bring me down per se, but you know, post relationship, you know, I'm trying my best to just you know, obviously just keep moving forward and all those things and um you know, it's a uh, it's been a it's it's been a struggle obviously. You guys have kind of been with me for the last few weeks um but you know i'm just doing my best like we all do i think you know trying to stay and and i've been super busy so that's why i wanted to kind of get into this next part so get ready for this story i got a more story so now that i'm done talking about cassidy pope now we can talk about me (laughs) so um i had a i had shows in sacramento this weekend which i didn't get to promote on here because i don't think i was yeah i was i wasn't here last week because i had so many auditions and that's what we're going to get into um you know i'm just doing my best uh trying to you know keep pushing and keep advancing my career and doing all these you know just things i told you about the last time you know there's like i'm kind of in like this holding pattern for a bunch of different things and if one of them hits you know it's gonna really help me out but you know i'm just kind of in limbo right so uh so last week i had a I had a bunch of auditions and it just kind of took up a lot of my time i had like three or four different auditions plus work and everything else training for a marathon which is crazy i ran 16 miles on sunday which s- ironically and surprisingly were like my best miles usually i, I really like die and, and you know i i did kind of hit a wall towards the end, but I was so fast throughout most of it that I still got a really good time that I was happy with uh on my sixteen mile run. So um I'm set to run a marathon December eleventh, I think. Um and I'm supposed to do it there's three marathons that weekend. Um once in Hawaii. I'm not gonna run all of them, I'm just I'm gonna pick one. Once in Hawaii One's in Dallas, and then one is here in Sacramento. So I'm not sure which one I'm going to do because I'm not making a ton of money. <laughs> uh, I'm trying my best, but it's just like I said, it's been it's been a grind. So anyway, um, but training for marathon is very time consuming because you got to log miles and everything. So anyway, um, so I auditioned for several things last week. And one of the things I auditioned for was this show called Good Trouble. Good Trouble. And it's a show on Freeform, which is uh, formerly ABC Family. Oh, by the way, I think um, the episodes of, or episode of All American Homecoming that I shot like a few months ago, I think the one that I'm supposed to be in aired this week, maybe last week. I didn't watch it. I don't really care. Um, cause I've only worked one day on the fucking show and they made it sound like I was going to be there like a bunch. So whatever, but I'm not sound like I'm, you might hear me like kind of yelling out with the group fucking Hawkins or whatever the fuck we yelled. I don't remember. Um, but it's not like I'm speaking on camera and there's no dialogue with me or anything. So it's like, if you just want to see my face, I guess you can watch it. But if you want to watch it to see shitty baseball, you could do that. But anyway, um, So, I auditioned for this show called Good Trouble, and so, a fun fact I know I told you I wasn't going to dwell on the breakup, and I'm not, but, um, you know, we live in a day and age nowadays where there's just so much entertainment, especially, like, with streaming. Like, you know, you got. You got Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and HBO Max and now you got like the other ones, Paramount Plus and Peacock and I feel like I'm forgetting. You have like the horror ones. There's uh, there's Shudder and Screambox, which I've been kind of watching a little bit because I'm a big uh, you know horror movie person. And so the reason why I say this is because you know in the old days, you know you you had a you had a handful of things that you could watch on a given night. And, you know, you usually kind of watch, you know, television with, you know, the family or with your husband or wife or partner, you know, to be PC. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe you watch one of, you know, if you're in a healthy relationship, maybe, you know, you and your partner share television shows. So you watch, maybe you watch one that they want to watch, and then they watch one that you want to watch. And that's kind of like your thing. So, but now with so many different options and also we live in a day and age where basically everybody has a tv in every room you know or you have you know you have you can watch literally you can watch tv on your phone you can watch tv on your ipad or your laptop like there's so many different options so i feel like it's not an uncommon thing for uh people um for people to for couples right to watch Different things but like you know So I'm just going to use myself as an example So Ashton and I you know we'd sit on the couch Or we'd you know we'd Lie in bed and maybe Maybe we, we would be watching the same thing But some a lot of times you know She'd be watching something on the iPad And I'd be watching something on the TV Or she'd be watching something on the TV And I'd be watching something on the iPad Or whatever you know Um But there were A handful of things that we watched Together and one of the things that we could always agree on that we watched together we kind of we started from the beginning and watched it through was Yellowstone um fucking I didn't have an interest in watching it just because it's like you know it's it's not really a western but it's like a modern day western you know there's cowboys and horses and country and stuff and I was just like it's not really like a show that I like but like I knew that she would probably enjoy it and you know, like, I watch a lot of baseball, and, you know, she, maybe she might watch a little bit with me or whatever, so I'm like, I'll watch this show. And then, lo and behold, Yellowstone's a dope fucking show, dude, like, I really started to like that fucking show, like, it's so good. And so that became one of our shows that we watch, and it's, it's the great thing about Yellowstone, it's like, it's only, like, I want to say, like, 10 or 12 episodes a season, like, it's a very, very condensed short run. Let me take a look at this, I want to make sure I'm giving you guys the right information. I'm pretty sure it's only 10 episodes. Let's see. Jamie looked that up for me. I love saying that. (laughs) So, oh yeah, season five starts pretty soon. Nine episodes, season one. Ten episodes, season two. Ten episodes, season three. Yeah, 10 episodes. Yeah, so it's very short, you know? Um, So we watched that together. And then we started watching this show, Good Trouble. And that became another show that she and I watched together and it again, it's not really a show, you know, like she likes to she liked to watch like reality shows and stuff like that and I like to watch, you know, sci fi and horror and you know, American horror story and supernatural and The Flash and Arrow and you know, like all that stuff, right? And so we're watching. We start watching this show, Good Trouble, and we actually enjoyed it. Like it's a, it's a very uh, woke television show. Um, like I said, it's on Freeform, which used to be ABC Family, but it's basically it's about these. It's about these like twenty somethings, and there's like an older dude on the show as well. Everyone's like into their like mid to late twenties, and they all live in L.A. and they're all pursuing different you know careers. Like one one girl is uh, like she's into te- she's in the tech industry and then her sister who's like there's our the two main characters she's a lawyer and then there's another there's like oh, there's a black girl in. so then they start to check all the boxes there's a black girl in there who's like an activist and uh then there's like a, a latin dude he's like cuban i think in the show and he's bisexual Um and then there's a gay uh, Asian girl on the show, and then there's a trans girl on the show, and then there's a uh, like a plus size model, like body positivity girl on the show. Like so you said, like they're checking all the boxes with the cast, which you know I get, dude. It's it's free form. They're trying to be progressive, and it's it's fine. And but a lot of the episodes do have you know there's there's plot. It's very soap opera y. There's a lot of people sleeping together on the show um which is probably one of the main reasons why it's called Freeform now and not abc family because that is it is not a family show. Um they cuss and everything, but anyway. Um but each episode like there's always like some political issue that they address, you know. But they don't like it's not like super preachy. It's like they just kind of sneak it in with the dialogue like, you know, like the girl that's in tech like she runs into like discrimination because she's a woman and they don't take her seriously in a male dominated tech world and then there's another one where you know the girl who's an activist you know is talking about how you know black black people get incarcerated at a higher rate than you know than white people in this country and just stuff like stuff like that you know and coming out to your parents and all this stuff so anyway um So, but that was a show that we watched together, so I had an audition for it last week, and, you know, in my mind, uh, so, uh, just to update, like, uh, Ashton and I have not spoken since we broke up, and uh, that's kind of my idea, I think, I feel like, because that's how I've moved on from previous relationships, and that's kind of what I told her would be the case, but I don't know if I told you guys this, but, um, yeah, we haven't spoken I'll just, you know, I don't want to put everything out there, but, you know, and and we didn't fight when we broke up, it was just, you know, she broke up with me, and I asked her not to, and <laughs> she's like, no, sorry, I'm still going to do it, so, you know, but it wasn't like a fight, but, you know, I just kind of, you know, was understood that we weren't going to talk, and we haven't spoken since, Um, and so in my mind, I'm like, dude, if I get a part on one of the two shows that we watch together, like, what would that be saying? Like, what, you know, is would that be, like, a reason to kind of reach back out? Would it be, like, some sort of, like, sign from the universe? Like, oh, my God, like, I'm going to be on this show that we used to watch together. Like, maybe that's a sign that, we're supposed to be together, or maybe it's a sign that we shouldn't be together, and the universe is like, no, just keep moving on, like, you know, I, I, I don't know, you know what I mean, like, I'm a really big believer in fate, and, you know, everything happens for a reason, even though, you know, sometimes with my life, you know, I think to myself, like, what could the fucking reason be for this one, like, who? <laughs> give me the reason for this because, I mean, I could have done without this, could have done without this, could have done without this. Oh, now this is happening? Yeah, like, okay, but, you know, I'm strong. I'm resilient. I, I bounce back, not to toot my own horn, but, like, you know, if you guys are in it and know me or know my story, like, you guys know, like, I've been through some shit, and I'll be honest, you know, I'm pretty honest with you guys, but <laughs> there's some shit that I i haven't even talked about on here that i just at some point i will share you know i I, in my mind i'm like this is going to be in my book (laughs) or this is going to be like the part of my story that i tell when i like make it you know i want to save some of the details because people are going to be like wait what i had no idea so that's kind of where i am but so anyway everything happens for a reason right but so i auditioned for this part and you know when i was like new to the industry you know i would go on auditions you know whatever when i was going on dance auditions when i would go on whatever auditions like i never really got excited about an audition because it's just like i know i'm sorry i used to get excited about auditions but you know when you've been in the industry for fuck dude I want to say my first ever audition was when I went to audition for O-Town, and that was like 1999, I want to say, so I've literally been auditioning for stuff for like 24 years, 23 years. It's a long time, you know, so my point is, it's just a lot of rejection, (laughs) like I actually wish, I used to keep a, uh, when I was like kind of like really like trying to pursue acting, I used to keep a log of all the auditions I went on, because you're supposed to. um, You're supposed to keep a log uh, of, like, what audition you went on, who the casting director was, what, like, show or movie or whatever it was for. Um, This way, you kind of remember the casting director, so, like, maybe if they bring you in for something else in the future, you know, you're like, oh, thanks, Uh, hi, so-and-so, like you know I read for you for this and they're like oh yeah or whatever right um, and then you would also you're supposed to like write down what you wore at the audition this way if you get a callback you can come back and wear the same thing and they'll supposed to like instantly remember you because you're wearing the exact same thing um, now in some cases for a callback they might actually tell you what to wear they might they might want you to wear something different but if that's not the case then you're supposed to it's like an unwritten rule in the industry that you're supposed to come back wearing the same thing so they it just makes them it makes them, it helps them to remember you so anyway my point is I don't get excited for auditions anymore just because I there's just been so much stuff that I've auditioned for that I didn't get and it's just you know, it's just, you kind of get numb to it, and then you learn to just, like I said, not get overly excited because, I mean, the literal odds are that you're not going to get this part. And you can't think about it that way. You just have to be confident. 90% of the time, pro- honestly, probably more than that, they're just looking for a specific look, and they don't quite know. Like, sometimes they're very specific, you know, Latin person, Latin male, you know long hair latin male short hair latin male thuggish looking latin male athletic like you know what i mean like they're very specific so like sometimes like in the days where we used to actually go to auditions because nowadays we don't necessarily go into auditions anymore a lot of times um because of covid and everything everything is just self-tape so you have to you just record it at your house and then you send it off to the casting director um, but in the old days you used to walk into the casting office and then there, if it was like a, a part where they were specific on what they wanted, you would see a bunch of dudes that looked like you. And a lot of times they, they would tell you kind of what to wear. So you'd walk into a room and there'd be 20 dudes that not only look like you, but dress like you too. And you're just like, holy shit, dude. Like, <laughs> how am I supposed to stick out when they, we all look the same, you know? So nowadays it's a little bit different because, like I said, most of the stuff we just do it from home. Um, but I don't get excited about it because it's just like, like I said, I'm probably not going to get this. But this one in my mind, I, I, it really kind of lit a fuse in me to like really spend time on it. Um, and work on it because I'm like, if I get this, you know, I can essentially call Ashton or be like, hey, You know, buddy, we're, yeah, that's our nickname for each other. Or was, I don't know if it still is or not, but, um, I'm gonna be on good trouble, like, you know, and who knows? I mean, you know, like, I'm a a romantic, so in my mind, I feel like I'm gonna get this part, and I'm gonna call her and tell her, and she's gonna get excited and realize that it means something, and I don't know, dude, fucking, right? But, you know, I don't get my hopes up because it's, it's just, you know, I might not be what they're looking for, so. I do it, whatever, and then, uh, you know, like, I've been kind of, I don't want to say in a funk, like, I've been really focused, I've been really, you know, focusing on work, and, you know, my training, and everything, so that's all I really have, and, and working on new material that's, you know, that involves her, but, in like, in the past tense, because if you guys are familiar with my comedy you'll know that like a, you know good i don't know 25 percent or so of my material is about you know either her or you know experiences in oklahoma and stuff so it's like now i kind of have to move toward like i'm not making fun of her but you know like stuff about where i am now like you know i've always been very vulnerable on stage with you know my dad and like i said talking about her and you know, how I feel about certain things, and, uh, so now I have to move into this new chapter where I have to start, you know, talking about her in the past tense or whatever, so that's kind of what I've been working on over the last few weeks, you know, it took me a minute to, like, you know, get back on stage, you know, I just wasn't ready yet, and I, I just felt weird going on stage and telling jokes in the present tense about her, um, so, I would just not do jokes about her at all, but now I'm you know the last couple of weeks, I've been working on stuff, and like I said i'm not there's no jokes that are making fun of her. It's just you'll have to come see but and they're not there yet don't they? I'm not gonna pretend like I mean a couple of the jokes that I have, but you know over the next few months, if you know we continue to not be together, then that material will develop, and I'm sure I'll come up with. Other stuff, you know, and uh, so anyway, my point is, is I'm, I'm, I've been kind of in obviously, like, I'm, it's been a month since we broke up, and I'm, you know, I'm doing my best. You know, we talked about that the last time, but it's just, I'm doing my best. I'm, I have good days, I have bad days. Uh, I went about a week or so, I think, without like crying. Um, but. I was headed, I was in Sacramento this weekend doing shows, and then my agent called me, which uh, I was like, oh, um, and then he said that you're on a veil for good trouble, and immediately my emotions just fucking kicked into high gear, dude, because, <laughs> you know, I've just been thinking about, like, you know, like, I guess, I don't know if I've been here since this happened, but, you know, so, I, I play baseball on Sundays, and one of the things I was really looking forward to when I came back to California was playing baseball with my friends. You know, like I I played, you know, two the I played baseball the two summers that I was in Oklahoma. You know, with a team that was comprised of a bunch of guys that shouldn't be playing baseball, and it was awful because they were so bad. But at the same time, it was, you know, for me, it was a a sense of normalcy. You know, still being able to play the game that I love and for me I'm just like okay well I I still love playing baseball and I still want to keep my skills intact because you know it was always the plan to come back home you know and that was the thing like I, I that's one of the things I enjoy about playing baseball is that I get to play with you know some of my best friends that I've known not my whole life but a lot of my life you know like you know there's five guys on this team that we all graduated high school together And, you know, we're 43. We've been out of high school for, you know, 25 years now. Fuck, that's crazy. So I've been playing with these guys, you know, some of these guys, 28 years, you know. um, And we could still play. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not delusional in saying we're just as good as we were back in high school. But, like, you know, in the league we play and we're pretty solid. Like, we made it to the championship in our league, but we lost. And it really fucking pissed me off because you know it, it that might have been our last game together i don't think it will be you know i think we'll still play even if we don't play like in a season together you know i kind of want to do this tournament that we did in, in vegas a couple years ago you know it's kind of like we always did that when we were like in our 20s and we kind of stopped at some point but we did it again you know we did it again about 10 years ago or so a couple times or maybe once at least and then we did it again uh 2021 right after covid was kind of ending and it was cool because we got you know my buddy eric who lives in texas now um came out and played with us too and then his brother who's a a few years younger than us and you know his buddies and you know it was cool it was so much fun and i I really think that you know we were able to kind of get everybody together because of covid and we were all just so happy that it was just about over you know um so i I feel like me and my friends will play in that tournament again, but I don't know if we'll play, like, in the league together again, because some of the guys want to play, like, in an old man's league, and I don't, I don't know, like, I, even though I am kind of an old man, I still like the fact that we play against kids, like, I like competing, you know, like, we, we played, the team we played in the semifinals was, uh, you know, there was a kid that pitches at the University of Laverne, he throws pretty hard, And he threw against us, you know, and it's just like I'm competing against college kids Like, that's fucking awesome, you know I don't want to play against fucking old men, dude That could barely throw the ball Like, I don't know, so whatever Um, But my point was, like, that was one of the things I was looking forward to Coming back here, was was playing with my friends And my brother plays with us, too So it's, like, even more, like You know, like, my brother uh, You know, that's the thing that he and I share together It's like, we love baseball You know, and You know, we're seven years apart, but we have this love and we are completely different players, you know Like he's he has more power He's better hitter overall, but i'm faster and more athletic and i'm a better fielder and so You know, it's just we're just different types of players, but we both love playing and we get to You know, he plays right field. I play center and You know kind of get to play a game that I love grew up loving with my brother who also grew up loving it and You know, it's just, it's so cool, and so that was the thing I was, you know, one of the things I was looking forward to about coming back home. But anyway, my point was, is we lost the championship game, and it just fucking pissed me off, because even though it's just a Sunday league, I take that shit seriously, dude. Like, you know, I'm taking batting practice, you know, two, three, four times a week sometimes. You know, I don't know you guys, if you guys listened to the episode that I did with Zach, uh, Frangelo of the savannah bananas but i i I really want to try out for them i think that would be a really cool just fun experience once in a lifetime and you know who knows like what it could lead to with you know the you know they're they're a big brand now and it would do wonders for for my brand you know the comedian that ended up making it to the savannah bananas like come on dude like the marketing You know, it's a marketing goldmine right there. So, anyway, um, I said goldmine. I meant goldmine. So, anyway, but I was bummed out because we lost the championship game there. Then, obviously, you know, I mean, Ashton and I had just broken up, you know, the week before. And so, so, that was, you know, fucking, you know, that. And then, you know, a week later, the fucking Dodgers get fucking eliminated and i'm just like dude like it just you know <laughs> really affected my mood like three things that are really really loved <laughs> that just kind of ended for me and i'm just like fuck dude you know so I've been kind of going through it and you know still going through this you know kind of limbo period where i'm waiting on these clubs to pass me and i'm waiting on you know the cruise ship thing to happen and whatever you know and uh I don't know if I told you, because I, yeah, I don't think I told you. so I, we, I got another email from uh the guy who's my agent for the cruise ships, and basically, you know, he was saying that uh, there was an incident on the cruise ships, I don't know, this is, I don't know if it was in the news, but it was definitely all over my social media, because I'm friends with a bunch of comedians, obviously, but this guy was on the boat, um and he was like yelling at the audience And using the n-word And people were like getting up and leaving And talking shit to him And it was a whole thing And so because of that incident They have put a pause on bringing new people on And I'm just like Fuck dude <laughs> You know when I when I interviewed and, and And met with this guy back in like I think May You know the timeline that he gave me Was like maybe October, November You know we would start You know they would start putting me on there and so now there's, like, a waiting period. So I'm, I I still don't know if I got it for sure or not. But I know that they're putting a hold on bringing people on because of this fucking asshole. And it turns out this guy, it was his first ship that he ever worked on. His first gig. And he fucked it up for a bunch of other people. Like, come on, dude. So anyway, um, you know, just kind of going through it, right? So then my agent calls me and tells me that I'm on a veil for the show Good Trouble. See how I had to go back to that? I'm such a good storyteller. So... What does that mean, Peter? Well, when they put you on a veil, so when you audition, you audition, the person that you audition for, like, or, you know, it's like a job interview, right? You're going and you're you're reading for the casting director. Usually, you know, there's the casting director. Maybe they have an assistant or two in the room with them. Um, it's usually like if you ever watch a TV show or like a movie or something and you watch the credits, you know, it'll tell you casting director or casted by And there's usually, like, two or three people. There's the main person, and then there's, like, the assistant or the associates or whatever. So, usually, you know, you audition for them. They pick you. Um, Sometimes, you know, if it's a big role or something, they might bring you in for, like, a callback, and they'll have you read again. Sometimes you might come in and read with, you know, who like, the star of the show or movie or whatever to see if there's, like, screen uh chemistry and such like that you know or sometimes they just want to see you on camera you know um there's a million different reasons why there's callbacks but in some cases you just kind of book the part you know depending so when they tell you that you're on a veil it's basically them saying okay the casting director likes you um so there's a pretty good chance you have this part but You have to keep these dates free because we're going to be shooting on one of these days. And so my agent calls me and he's like, yeah, like, you're on a veil for this. And most of the time, if you're on a veil, you get the part. Most of the time. I would say 80% of the time, you know. So now I go from, man, it'd be really cool if I got this fucking gig, you know, to I I want a veil. Like, I think I got this fucking gig. And just so many emotions came over me. You guys, like, I was crying. In a good way, but, like, I, I was really crying because, you know, I just, like, what does it mean? You know, what does it mean that of all the TV shows and all the movies and all the things that I could have auditioned for, out of everything that's out there, you know, there's there's so many networks and whatever and projects and whatever, and of all the things that I got called in for It was one of the two shows that Ashton and I watched together. Like, we watched that show together. Not, you know, she watched it one day and I watched it. Like, no, we would sit down and watch that show together. And we both enjoyed it. And so now I'm just like, fuck, dude, this has to mean something. Like, I'm on it. And and I, I just, I lost it, dude. I did. I'm on my way to my shows in Sacramento. And I'm crying. It's just like, I just don't know what to make of it. You know, it's just such a roller coaster of emotions. And you know, I start thinking, like, okay, like, if I do get it, like, I have to call her, right, and tell her, like, hey, buddy, like, I'm going to be on our show, you know, and it it just is very emotional for me, and, you know, I went up to Sacramento, which is really cute, by the way, I've never been to Sacramento, Um, their whole, like, old town area is really fun, like, if I was a social person that wanted like if I would have been there with people that I wanted to hang out with or you know Ashton or you know whatever like I would have had a much better time because there's all kinds of like restaurants and clubs and like little there's like a Ferris wheel and it's a really cool little part of town like and it's old like that's why they call it old town Sacramento but like it kind of has like a westerny feel you know, like they they left the a lot of the structures there and they kinda just kinda built around them and whatnot. Like the the streets are like brick, you know, that's when you know a town is really old and the streets are made of brick. So it was really cool, uh it's really pretty. Um, you know, got to see the capital and stuff like that and, you know, had fun performing up there. Um and then uh, you know, I'm just waiting on 'cause I, I gotta go to Austin this weekend. Well, I'm going to be in Temple, but then I'm going to be in Austin for a couple of days. Um, and I guess now would be as good as time as any, uh, to throw this little tidbit in there. But, um, I'm contemplating moving to Austin. <laughs> Yay! Um, yeah, I'll just throw it in there. So, whoever's listening, if you know me personally, you can text me about it or whatever. Um, I, if you listen to this or talk to me or whatever, like, you know, I've talked about it and considered it, you know, especially like when I was doing shows down there when I was in Oklahoma and I was going down there, I was like, there's really, there's a big comedy scene. It's not big, but it's growing. And uh, there's a lot of opportunities as for a comic to get a lot of stage time, you know, there. Whereas here in LA, like there's also a lot of stage time, but it's different. Like I can't really explain it, but. I think there's a really good opportunity that I've been intrigued with since the scene started growing there and, you know, Rogan's opening up, up a club there, you know, at some point within the next few months. And there's just going to be a lot of people. There's a lot, you know, a few famous comics that have already moved there. And, you know, after being in Oklahoma for COVID and recognizing that I could do comedy from anywhere, I did it from Oklahoma, you know, um, To be somewhere like Austin where there's a bigger scene, I could get on stage way more. I can get on stage every night, which I couldn't do in Oklahoma without, you know, having to go somewhere else. Um, Rent is considerably less than it is here in L.A., and there's opportunity. And there's still, you know, with with TV shows and movies and everything, like I told you guys, um, how everything is basically... I don't have to go into a casting office anymore like since I've been back to LA I well I mean I, I didn't really have an agent until recently here maybe within like the last month or so I don't remember if I signed with him before Ashton and I broke up I think I signed with him right before we broke up like right before Um, but, you know, I've been going on quite a few auditions, but they're all self-tape. I don't have to go anywhere, so it's great. But with that being said, if they're all self-tape, I could still do them from Austin and then come back out here if I book the job. And that's, you know, because it's going to pay me enough to pay for the trip anyway, and I always have a place to stay here, so I'm contemplating moving. I was contemplating when I was in Oklahoma City. I talked about it on here before, but, um... I don't know you know I know that you know it's been a grind coming back to LA and I'm doing my best but I feel like uh, you know the the thing is like uh, the definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results right and like I said I think career wise it could be a good thing Um, so I don't know But I've been thinking about it. I was thinking about it when I was in Oklahoma. And, uh, but I knew that I had to come back to LA. Like, I would, before I did anything, I had to come back first. I talked about this already. If you guys have been listening from the beginning, you know this. Um, so anyway, I don't remember why. Oh, I said I was going to be in Austin this weekend. Um, but I don't remember why I said that. Oh man, lost my train of thought. I was talking about being in Sacramento last week. And then this weekend I'm going to be in Austin and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. But it's a possibility. I, I haven't made up my mind either way. But I will probably go, not probably, I'm going to go look at some places while I'm out there. and I'm just going to think about it. Thing about it is I can always come back to L.A. Do you know what I mean? Um it's not going anywhere it's always going to be home it's a short flight from austin you know but you know i'm 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 intrigued you know um so anyway oh that's right i was talking about the television show that i didn't that that so um i'm i'm put on a veil right for this television show and you know i had all the emotions and whatever and the dates that they might be shooting were uh, I want to say, like, Thursday through next week, like, next Tuesday or something. So, I had to be free all of those days, and they might need me for one or two of them or whatever, but, like, I, I'm not, and so I told my agent, I'm like, yeah, dude, like, if I book it, I'll cancel my, I'm supposed to go to Austin this weekend and whatever, I didn't tell him that I might be moving or whatever, but um, I'm like, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll cancel the gig and whatever, and my gig's in Temple, Texas, but it's like an hour outside of Austin, and te- Temple is a very small city, so gonna go to Temple, but stay in Austin and whatever. Um, but I told him I would cancel the gig if I got this this part on this TV show, you know. So now I'm kind of like, man, like if I get this, then I won't be able to go to Austin or check it out. But you know, I'll see it as a sign that maybe I'm just supposed to stay here. So actually, I'll tell you this, guy. I'll, I'll tell you guys this too. So you know, I'm talking about fate and whatever. <laughs> signs and to me you know it's like i love the dodgers fucking obviously i have a podcast about them um my blue thoughts on apple music and or on apple podcasts and spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts um i i i mean I, I love them dude dodger stadium's my favorite place i talk about it but you know they had this great season where they they you know set the all-time franchise win and record and wins and whatnot. But, I, you know, so something in my mind, I was like, I don't know if that means they're going to fucking still win the World Series. Like, on paper, yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, well, you know, and I, and I even had told this to Ashton, but I was like, if the Dodgers don't win the World Series, i move into Austin. And fucking, lo and behold, they get eliminated. So, yeah. Um, but, none of made up my mind yet, you know, but when I think I'm going to be on this TV show, I'm like, well, maybe that's just a sign that I should stay here. You know, like you know, I came back because obviously there's more opportunity here, but with the growing scene in Austin and everything that's going on, and like I said, with Rogan's Club opening up, and there's a bunch of other clubs that have opened up, like, there's good opportunity there, too. Like I said, like, quite a few famous comedians have moved to Austin um, over the last couple years, so there's still opportunities there, there's still TV shows and movies that get filmed there, you know, and there's regional stuff, and there's a lot of stuff that shoots in New Orleans, which is only a few hours away, and... They shoot stuff in Dallas and, like, L.A. is the center of entertainment, but, like I said, with online auditions and everything that goes on now, like, I can still come back if I get a part, you know? Um, So, I get the call today, or Monday, um, from my agent that says, "Uh, they're releasing you from your avail. So, basically, the part went to somebody else after all. So, basically somebody in the casting office, producer, somebody decided mm, he's not the best look for what we're looking for for this part. So um and that sucks, dude, because I was really you know looking for meaning in all of this, you know, if I get this part on the show that Ashton and I watched, like that's got to be a sign that we should be back together or you know that I should stay in LA or you know, all these different things and I'm just looking for a sign and the sign was that I almost got it but I didn't and (laughs) now I'm just like so now I don't know what the fuck to think um so yeah I mean it's cool you know my agent said you know they'll bring you in for other stuff which you know that's kind of what is supposed to happen like you you read well enough for a part that you know maybe you don't get picked for that specific part but they bring you back for something else so that's always like kind of the goal when you audition for stuff but you know there's no guarantees the thing about entertainment industry dude is nothing's guaranteed my comedy career nothing's guaranteed i'm confident in myself i believe in myself that's what this whole thing has been about from day one is just that belief in yourself you know this is not a business that you get into um if you have thin skin like there's constant rejection there's constant fucking politics and just everything like you gotta have thick skin dude it ain't for the soft people if you're soft this is the wrong fucking business you know but on the flip side of it you know it's like you know Jim the the quote from Jim Carrey that I've used I'm sure on this podcast before but uh, and I'm paraphrasing it but I'm pretty sure it's a you can fail at anything, so why not fail doing what you love? I f- think is the quote. Hold on. I'm going to look it up right now. Jamie, look that up for me. <laughs> Jim Carrey quote failure. I'll find it. This, this is real time, you guys. Um oh uh you can fail at what you don't want so you might as well take a chance on doing what you love there you go see i knew i fucked it up um same meaning though you know and that's kind of i agree with man it's like you know we all have or not we all but you know people all have bosses and jobs that they fucking hate and they have to put up with bullshit at work and yeah yeah like you know, maybe you make really good money, probably more than me at your job. But, like, if you hate it, it's just like, I love doing stand up and podcasting. And, you know, like, I kind of like have not have, I, I don't, not that I don't care about acting, but it's just like, I know what the business is now. Like, a lot of, like I said, it's 80 to 90% is just based on a certain look. And if you don't have that look, you're not going to get the part. So you can't take it personal but because I can't take it, like, I can't control if they pick me, like, I did my best at this audition, I thought I nailed it, I did nail it, they almost gave me the part and they didn't, like, I can't control that, but I can control, you know, writing my jokes and going up on stage with my jokes and fucking material that I, you know, worked out and crafted and perfected, I mean, it's never perfect, but you know what I mean, and deliver a performance and those laughs like that's me dude i fucking did that shit you know that's that's something that i did on my own i have control of that now comedy is subjective you know you're not going to make everybody laugh but if you do a good job like you're going to get a lot of them to laugh and that's what we want that's what i love and it's like i love that thing i love that i love this art and i will fucking continue to fucking push forward with it because A, it's all I have <laughs> right now, at least, and B, that's just what I've devoted the last ten years of my life to. Like, uh, you know, I talked about it on, you know, the breakup episode, but it's just like I've come too far to only come this far. Like, it's 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 do or die, dude. Like, you know, my 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 logo: get laughs or die trying. Like, that's what it is, man. So, yeah, would it have been cool to be on this show and? whatever else that would have brought, fucking, of course, but, you know, on to the next one, it sucked, you know, I I was really bummed out, but, you know, now I got gig, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna go to Austin and explore to see what that looks like this week, and, you know, maybe I'll make a decision (laughs) by the end of the week, and, or maybe I'll need to go back and figure it out, maybe I'll stick it out here in LA for, uh, it won't won't happen right away, like, I kind of have a timeline in my mind, and, if I did move to Austin, it would probably be, like, between me and you, you know, um, it would probably be, like, after Christmas. I'd probably want to stay here, you know, through Thanksgiving, through Christmas, spend that with my family, um, and then, after that, just fucking go and give it a shot, man, you know, and see what happens. Um, So, I've shared my secret with you. You guys can, I mean, it's whatever. No one really knows. I haven't really talked about it openly. So, you guys that listen to this are going to be the first to hear about that and have that little tidbit of information. It's not for sure yet. I don't know. I'm, but I am seriously considering it. So, anyway, you guys. Uh, that being said, I will be uh, headlining Corky's Bar, Corky's Wine Bar in Temple, Texas, this Saturday. October 29th. I believe the show starts at 8. Um, I think I'm doing a show in Austin on Sunday. Um, and uh, maybe a couple more spots, but nothing like big um, that week. And then uh, Friday, November 11th? Hold on. Give you some shows right here. I'm doing a show here in uh, in L.A. If you guys want to come see me in L.A on Wednesday, November 2nd at the uh, Fourth Wall Comedy Theater in Hollywood. I'm also going to be uh, at Comedy Oakland Friday, November 11th. Um, And then I'll be at the Canocti Casino in... I think it's in Canocti, California. Honestly. Um, Hold on. I'll tell you guys right now. Canocte... Vista Casino, Lake County, California. Um, Saturday, November twelfth, and then Friday and Saturday, November eighteenth and nineteenth. I'll be at the Comedy Arena, headlining there. That's in McKinney, Texas. So, uh, Eric Dunn, get that bed ready for me. Um, That's kind of what I have on, like, as far as like big shows coming up over there. I have little stuff here and there, but. Um. that's it so uh you guys heard a lot of stories today <laughs> um i I like i said i will maybe have a guest next week dude it just i i had i had three auditions today actually it's just like it's crazy like my agent is doing his job so shout out to to daniel over at Twix talent for you know keeping his side of the bargain and i'm keep doing my best to keep mine so uh We'll see, we ha- we'll see what happens, you guys. So, anyway, um, like I said, this has been The Camera Adds 10 Pounds. I appreciate you guys tuning in, and I'll see you guys next week. Um, do me a favor. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, sh- uh, like it, rate it, review it. It would really mean a lot to me. It helps me with the, with the algorithm. And now let's go ahead and listen to Cassidy Pope one more time. Every little lie and every tear you made me cry. I swear I should have drowned. Instead, I swam on out. Every time you tore me down brick by brick, made it easier to cry through that ceiling and honestly i'm hitting me an all-time high guess you got one thing right